Hey everybody, it's Marcia O'Connor here, uh, CEO and founder of the O'Connor Group, and back to top three, where entrepreneurs share their secrets and their mistakes. Today, I am so excited to have with you a dear friend of mine, Elise Lupin. Elise is actually the CEO of Elysium and does a phenomenal job in digital media and marketing. Actually, she just uh, designed my entire shadowher.org website and she just has this amazing group of people that work for her that are dynamic. Um, they're just amazing at what they do. And so you're going to have a lot of fun hearing about her journey, what she's doing, her family, and why even during COVID, she realized, you know, she was going a mile a minute and it was time to step back and really focus on her family. But um, great stories to share with you today. Appreciate it. And, um, you know, just sit back, relax, make sure you pay attention if you're driving down the road and uh, enjoy the show. Take care. Hello, girlfriend. So excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. I'm excited as well. You are, um, you're rocking it out there, girlfriend. So uh, today we have, as you can see, how about you introduce yourself today? Tell us about your company. Tell us when you get started. Sure. So I'm Elise Lupin, president and founder of Elysium Marketing Group. I started my agency in 2015, thanks to one of my mentors that I'm sitting across from right now. Um, and we are a full service marketing agency specializing in food and franchise. Woo, on oh, other stuff. You just put up my new nonprofit, Shadow Her. So We do, we do, we do outside the box there as well. Um, I don't like to keep us too, too in the box because uh, I find it really fun and interesting and so does my team to learn about uh, lots of different industries. True, but I think it's very smart that you're doing a niche too, because I was always told by many of my mentors yeah. that uh, riches are in the niches. So uh, <laughs> by all means, but I didn't realize that until now being in a company for seven, almost 16 years that you really have to just focus. And uh, once you start focusing, everything becomes much clearer yes. for sure. So I'm so happy you're here. Um, what I want to do, is obviously, you know, this podcast is for entrepreneurs to talk about, you know, successes and their failures and all. You know, it's been a road, almost 10 years you know, and I'm sure I always start with failures. I always start with a little bit of, okay, I should have done this better or this happened. And we just went over this morning talking about you lost that big client that you mm -hmm. thought that you could never live without. You know, what happened? Yeah. So we had worked with a couple really big clients from almost the beginning of Elysium. And we were their outsourced marketing department, so handling everything, even a little bit of operations, which was interesting early on. I think we didn't know where the line was there. Um, and COVID hit. And a lot of our clients, like they are now, were food clients. And so slowly it was like an avalanche, you know? It was like after those two weeks when everything was supposed to go back to normal, you know, we slowly start getting phone calls, or I start getting phone calls more and more of like, hey, we love you guys, we love what you do, but we're petrified and we don't know if, how long we're gonna have to stay closed. So I lost one of our uh, big clients that I was always afraid of losing. And I think some of it was just the comfort of they've always been there since the beginning. So it's like that, um, the comfort of the income, but also the comfort of the people that you work so closely with, that you really form bonds with, that you're mm -hmm. like, hey, look at me, I'm doing my business with these people. Um, so yeah, they they called and they paused and we had to really figure, I'm not gonna say the word pivot. <laughs> we had to figure out like, what were we going to do? So many of our restaurant clients were closed. We had you know, a, a large salon client that had three locations that was closed. and. 
Um, so slowly, we did have some B2B clients that stayed with us, but slowly we started getting even more B2B clients. Um, and, and we were fine. And I think the, the moral of the story in the long run was just keep going and don't let this devastate you. I, I'm, I'm not going to say I didn't have a really good cry at one point of like what's going to happen. And, you know, I started this business and I have such a passion for it. And is the whole thing going to go away? You have those thoughts in your head. But instead, you pick yourself up and each day you do the best you can for the clients you have and you do the best you can to get new clients. And we actually wound up in that first year of COVID. Actually, every single year Elysium has um, had more revenue than the prior year. So it was scary to think about, is this year are we not going to? Um, we didn't come close to the trajectory we had before COVID hit, but we still were up. Um, and we Nobody made it did, at least. Nobody <laughs> no, got that trajectory. Right? I'm like, oh, we didn't. But we were like on fire before COVID hit. So um, it happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. A pandemic always happens, but um, it was pretty much like, uh, everything just stopped. Right. Everybody had to like regroup and then yeah. you had to think about what to do and you become experts and stuff that you you weren't experts in before. For sure. But you did it, yeah. you know, and then when you started, when did you see, see things start turning around? Like what month? Um, well, let's see. The pandemic hit in March. I would say probably six months later, everyone was not over it per se, because I feel like we kept having those peaks and valleys with like the health scares. Mm -hmm. But I think the businesses all had to figure out how to keep moving. And so that's when they really started calling anyway and saying like, okay, we need, we do need help with marketing. And just like in any recession, the more you market, there's been proven studies that say the more you market during a downturn, the better you're going to wind up in the end. So I think businesses who knew that quickly came back to marketing and, and figured out um, how to keep going. And then some of our restaurant clients that stayed with us, it was a ton of messaging about pickup and delivery and how safe we are and sanitary and all of that. And so when the coast was kind of clear, then it started to go back to the normal messaging a little bit more. Um, or when people felt a little bit safer, you know, we could put a little bit more budget into, hey, come pick up. Mm -hmm. So it was just, we had to be very flexible. And that's one of the beauties of digital marketing is that you can be. And so as clients felt comfortable or their customers felt comfortable, you know, we started testing out messaging and would people come and when they did continue that. It's interesting to see how much happened. And obviously you had to keep your team motivated to don't too. So what were some of the tools or tricks you were doing to keep them motivated? Yeah, so I'm so thankful for my team. They're awesome. I mean, I I feel thankful every day for my team. They're good people and they're smart people and they're subject matter experts. Um, I think early on, I did have to let go one person um, just because literally when all of my top clients were saying goodbye, I'm like, ah. Um, so I think there was somewhat of it just that everybody was like just thankful to have a job at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But then we all kind of band together. It was kind of like, look at us. We're doing this. And the one thing I love about my team because we're, we're still – we're about 10-person team is that everybody's really invested. And so I wasn't the only one who was like, hey, what's going to happen to Elysium? Like a lot of my team members have been with me since the beginning, and they were like, we're going to make this work. So we all kind of band together and um, you know celebrated our successes together and – lifted each other up. Um, we didn't see each other as much at the very beginning, but slowly we started to come back and work together as much as we could and as much as everybody felt comfortable because of that team unity feeling. And we wanted to be there to brainstorm together in marketing. You have to, you know, 
really figure out what's working and how this piece fits, fits with this piece and you know how to be the most creative. And so we didn't stay away from each other for super long. We, we would come together as long as everyone felt healthy and um, you know bring treats with us and make sure that we were kind of trying to keep it as happy as possible during the uncertain timing. Yeah, it wasn't easy, you no, know? It wasn't. And everybody took it different ways and a lot of business owners, I think some I really do think some just were so um, petrified and feared and as a leader I still think you have to like keep a composure because they're looking at you and saying, "Where are we going?" You For know? sure, and I didn't mandate anything. I wasn't mandating that they came back to the office. I was leaving it very open. If you want to work from home, you work from home. I mean, we have some people on our team who work remotely permanently because they live in, one lives in California, you know, he wasn't flying in. Um, so I'm a big proponent of if you get your work done, I don't care where you get it done from, but it was the draw of being with each other and getting through it together and kind of the camaraderie that made them want to come back. So it was nice. It was nice to see that when they wanted to, we were all together. Yeah, I think Again. people really do miss being together as much as possible. I and do too. I know we just had a manager meeting, and um, it was so great to see everybody in person. But I think they just, they didn't want to stop seeing each other. Like we were like, who wants to hang out to go happier? Okay, and they all came. Yeah, and you're just like, all right, and it just tells you that people really do miss each other. And yeah. you know, even our offices are open, and I laugh because I'm like, okay, everybody, you know, come on in. We got you know crockpot lunch today, and yeah. you know, you're like ten. I'm like, okay, so much for that. Um, but I really understand people want to be home and all. But I think when they come in the office too, it's like it's just that you feel like you miss something. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm so I'm trying to figure out like, do I push that a little bit more? Um, because I think when uh, it might be hurtful for them at the time, but once they come in and see everybody, they're all like, oh, this is so much fun. Right. You know? So well, and we it. did the opposite 22. of what a lot of people during COVID either let go of their leases mm -hmm. or you know decided that oh we don't need an office anymore and we actually went the opposite direction because my team was still coming in and wanted to be together we moved from a small office to an even bigger office um which was so typical me going against the grain but i actually felt it was the right time and i knew how close my team was and so i wanted to give them the space yeah so that during covid we weren't sitting on top of each other right um so yeah, we went against the grain and now have this office that everybody's excited to come to. Yeah, see, and then we're expanding our location too because it, well, it's very convenient for me. Um, but nonetheless, I think people really like being there. It's like our own little spot just for us. Yeah. And I think people really enjoy that. And Agreed. you know, you don't have to walk a mile to get into the building and just all those small little things you take for granted, Yeah. you know, um, but we have a lot of fun, you yeah. know, so we'll see. So you basically are our mom. You have two little kids. You have a husband who's super busy. You know, how, what's the magic mm -hmm. trick to keeping it all together? There is no magic trick, Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. I was, I was speaking at um, a lunch and learn, and I said, you know, I always wanted to know before I had children what is the magic trick. And I had, my dad has a cousin who, you know, is beautiful and went to Princeton and she's this high powered attorney. And I used to ask her all the time, you know, with her two small sons, like, what's the trick? And she never gave me a direct answer. And I could never understand why. I was always like, why isn't she just telling me? And I fully realize now it's because there isn't, there isn't a one size fits all. And there's, there's no, it really depends on what does your job look like? What does your spouse's job look like? Do you have family in the area? And so the biggest thing I can say is you can't do it alone. You absolutely cannot do it alone. Um, and you try to balance as much as possible. I'm really lucky because I do own my business. If I want to go on a field trip with you know, one of my children, as long as it's 
you know, the teacher lets you know far enough in advance, I can set my schedule so that I can go on the field trip, be there with my kids, and then go into the office and get work done. And I think that's part of why I'm super flexible with my team is because I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to not be in the office, you know, doing something with my kids and work late at night and not allow them the same. Um, so, yeah, it's really just being flexible, that word again. Um, you know, my husband and I race to get our whatever we have going on on our we have a shared calendar first because whoever gets it technically although it always winds up being me but our rule is like if you put it on the calendar first then you're not the one who has to get the babysitter <laughs> <laughs> so but um he's always like come on they're teenage girls at least reach out to them <laughs> so I'm usually the one who gets the babysitter but we're really lucky because we have um I have my in-laws are in the area and they help out a ton especially one of the hardest things being a working mom is when the kids are sick and you can't hire a babysitter to be with them because you don't want to get the babysitter sick or they're in school. Um, and then my parents are in the area half the year. And so we definitely are very fortunate because we have grandparents, we have babysitters, um, and you just try, try to make it work the best you can. And my kids are pretty good, too, about knowing. We try to come to as many things as we can for them, but occasionally if I have to miss, I have to miss. And... You know, if I have to miss something work-related to mm -hmm. be at my kids, whatever, you, you can't do it all. Right. So you do the best you can. Yeah. That's all I can say. It's not It's not concrete, but it's really you do the best you can. You make it work. Yep. You figure it out. And then you, you realize one day, like, I have a you know college senior now, and you're like, how did that happen? When did that happen? And why did that happen? So, you know, and I feel like did I do everything possible to be there for him growing up and I said yeah I have no regrets I have none regrets and I think that's really important because I think moms put so much on themselves yes. and so much guilt yes. um, that you have to realize I don't I didn't want to have guilt and I one of the things I told myself as a young girl I said I didn't want to have regrets you know in regards to just making decisions in my life and so I think people have to make a decision really where it, it benefits them in the long run versus somebody else but sometimes people and I've seen this with careers. People will actually pick jobs because they're pleasing somebody else instead of themselves. Yeah. And you're only hurting yourself, and your body picks up on that very quickly. For sure. And I tell people, like, if you're sick a lot, if you're, like, calling out a lot, you know, I start having a question. I'm like, I know you love it here, but I don't know if you love the job. Yeah. You know, so maybe this isn't the right place for you. So yeah. it's things like that you have to be careful about. Well, and COVID taught me a good lesson, too, because I – started the business when my son was nine months but then I had my daughter when the business was like two and a half years old and I didn't do a great job I'll admit of doing both I kind of lost my mind for a little bit because I was so determined to show my clients look I'm still here and you won't lose anything because you know and and she was a tough baby I mean she's awesome and she, she just turned six she's so cute but <laughs> at the time it was really it was really, really, really challenging. And so what COVID did for me is, you know, you were forced to be in the house and try to work and try to teach the kids. But with losing that big client, as we spoke about earlier, and also just like seeing my kids every day, it really brought me closer to them. And it really made me realize, you know what, you can do both, but mm -hmm. my priority has to shift more towards spending that quality time with my kids and the work will get done. Yeah. And so, and also that's where, you know, as you get larger as a company, you have more employees and it allows you to do that oh, as well. Yeah. You know, right. it was hard when my daughter was born. We didn't have a, as big of a team as we have now. And so, you know, I still was in the weeds and whatever. And yeah. now I just feel so lucky because I can go on her field trip or do whatever, go on vacation with my husband and not have to worry because my team is so strong that they can keep everything going and they know how to do everything 
the right way. So some of it was reprioritizing for me and some of it was the help of my team as well. Yeah, you have to do that. But you realize and you just start focusing and we had so much time with your family, you realize, oh my gosh, you know, this is really important in my life. Yeah. And you know, when my son came home from school and it was great to have him home that much time and and um, you know, I made them made the, we made the most of it. You know, every single day. He actually I was one of those moms who went against the grain as I every day I do, I think. But um I had him bring two friends over and they would wait left in the basement for about two hours and blare the music. And you know what? I needed them to do that. They were kids in the neighborhood. And I had people say to me, like, you know, oh, are you afraid? I'm like, no, I'm not. I said, I'm more afraid of his well being than I am about that. And I said, if it comes to that, I'll approach it that way. I said, but he has to be okay and he is that kid who needs to work out every day um it's a it's a it's a mental thing but i also know it really helped his two friends as well um and it also helped us because i felt like a happy happy kid happy family happy For life sure. and um you know and i would say he's like just don't tell anybody just and i would clorox the whole place when they would leave <laughs> and just to make sure everything i was mrs o'connor like they would come in wash their hands they would go downstairs and then I was like, they would do their thing. And then they come upstairs. I make them wash their hands again. <laughs> and I'm like, did I make any difference at all? And um, probably not. But yeah. I felt better. And they yeah. were in the neighborhood. So I know they weren't seeing their friends. And um, But you did what you did. Because yeah. I think the media scared the crap out of everybody. And um, I you know. think so. And I think every parent at every age had to worry about the mental health of their children. Yes. I actually felt a little bit thankful that my daughter was in preschool. And my son was, when it started, was in kindergarten. And so even though I was sad his whole... Well, actually, my son went into school. We got to choose. I forgot. And so he was in school, you know, but, you know, wearing masks and whatever else. But um, thankfully, my kids fared okay. Yeah. But I think they were so thrilled when, you know, they could go to school and without oh, yeah. masks and be social and whatever else. And be I'm kid. thankful my kids were okay. But I do feel like there were so many kids of all ages who, you know, had it rough either from not being able to socialize or you know, oh, not yeah. learning what they needed to learn at the oh. right age. So. The stories I've heard have been amazing, but yeah. we get through it and we're moving on and we're going to yeah. move on. Um, yeah. So the business, yes. obviously you've been doing this and we talk about, you know, what has worked well, what hasn't worked well. Let's talk about something that hasn't worked well. And you're like, oh, darn it. You know, what was it? I think early on, it, it this is like a hasn't but then has kind mm -hmm. of answer. Sure. Um, it was hard to really get the right subject matter experts in to place. Um, digital marketing, there are certain areas that you really need more of an expert than others. Yep. Um, and so early on, it was very difficult for me to find the right people that fit with our culture, that fit with our company, that could do the job really well. Right, right. Um, so I, I think, you know, I went through a couple different people in certain areas of digital marketing that didn't do the job the way I wanted it to be done. Mm -hmm. And so I think some of the learning was what to look for in hiring them. Okay. Um, but then also kind of trust your gut when, you know, and and I, I tell this story with love, but the one person that we do have now who's been with us for a bunch of years now, and he's phenomenal. Good. But he's not a social person mm. and so I kept trying to like put a round peg in a square hole and like make him zoom with us and like try to get him to be as rah-rah as the rest of our team was and he's just not he's a number crunching you know analytical and he wants to be with his numbers and not with the team yeah and 
at some point I had like a minor epiphany of like, why are you forcing this? He's actually doing his job extremely well, yeah. way better than a bunch of people that we had prior to him that maybe were more social. Yeah. But I mean, the results speak for themselves. Right. And so I kind of laugh because I'm like, wow, that was that was one that I had to be hit over the head with of like, so now we don't make him Zoom. And frankly, we don't talk to him very often. And we talk to him through email and text message if needed. And that's how he prefers it. And so great. As long as he keeps doing his job well, which he is, he is killing it. I am not going to force him to be a social butterfly with the rest of us. But that was a hard one for me because I kept thinking, you know, our, our team, a lot sure. of us are very gregarious and we, you know, right. we love our clients. Sure. We love talking to our clients. He will never be a client facing person because he does not even want to talk to us. Yeah. So I had to, I had to learn that kind of the hard way, but he's yeah. awesome. And you need to be okay with it. And it's realized yeah. that you're like, oh crap, I have to do you okay with all this stuff. And know? when I'm looking for someone to hire, it doesn't have to be just about you know, if they're client-facing, right. of course they have to have, you know, they have to be able to, sure. to be friendly and whatever. But when they're not, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> like, that's not part of their job. They don't need to have that. Right. But you, you said every company is a little different. And I think that's one thing about COVID people realize, too. Like, everybody doesn't fit into the box. And that's okay. And yeah. there may be different four different boxes. But, hey, if I need that skill, be okay with it. But understand where they come from. You know, and I think a lot of people always want everybody to fit that same mold. And right. like... They're not going to fit that same mold. Are they doing the great job? They're doing this. They're doing yeah. that. You know, when I've had people complain sometimes about my certain team members on my team, I say, listen, this person is kicking butt. Mm -hmm. The clients love this person. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, this can be, she could be a curmudgeon. I said, <laughs> but she's amazing. Yeah. And um, so let's just let it go. And um, I think people understand that a little better. How about successes? How about something that you put into place that, you know, you were like, yeah, you weren't sure, but you did it. And you're like, yes, this worked. <laughs> Um, I think one thing is becoming a HubSpot partner mm -hmm. that really helped us across the board. It helped us internally because we use it as, you know, yeah, yeah. as it's supposed to be used as well. So yeah. it helped us on the marketing <clears throat> and sales side for the stuff that we do ourselves. Right. But it also really helped a lot of our clients, um, be able to do more, track more, um, you know, just be a holistic, um, CRM, yeah. which is what it is. Yeah. And not to bash Google Analytics, but there are some things in HubSpot that you don't have to be a marketing expert to be able to do. Totally and agree. So with G4 Analytics coming, it's a little bit more difficult than old Google Analytics. Oh, but sure. if you have HubSpot, it is so easy to just go in so easy. and look at your analytics and see how everything's doing. And so it's a good thing because we obviously provide analytics to our clients, yeah. but they want to see it. They oh, want to yeah. know how things are going. So I think from just marketing, sales, analytics, um, CRM standpoint, that was something that I'm really glad that we we instituted. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Um, we have HubSpot too, obviously, yeah. and we use it all the time, but it is it's so simple to go in it there is. and figure things out. And yeah. then the stats they give you are amazing. And I don't think, yeah. it's so funny, I'll ask a lot of my friends who have it, and I'm like, did you look at the stats? And they're like, you can do that. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm like, yes, you can do that. Use that to your advantage so right. that you know what they're opening up and what they're talking about, and what For they're sure. listening to. And as a marketer, you know, I can go a little nuts with it though. I, oh, it's yeah. funny. I don't listen to what I tell my clients, you know, right. I'm like, don't look every day because there's nothing's going to change. Oh, right. And then I'm that. in there every day. Yeah. Like, why isn't this, you know? And I'm like, oh, listen to yourself a little bit. But you're a little curious. Yeah, That's what right. makes you good at what you do. That's why people yeah. hire you yeah. because you're good at what you do, you know? And you're like, yeah. I need that answer. Like, no problem. I'll do it for you. Yeah. You know, but it took a little while. Now, how did you? know that you're going to go into that food restaurant industry so 
It's something that early on we were introduced to a lot of different restaurants through a good friend of mine who works in radio. Mm -hmm. And so we started, you know, showing her some of the successes that we had. And she was like, great, you know, before people go on the radio, we want them to look a certain way. So that was our branding side of the business. And we want them to get results. And that was our strategy side of the business. And so... We did it and we loved it. And we became really close um, with a lot of the different food companies that we worked with. Really close. Um, And so we really enjoyed it. And so, and then we got really, really good at it. And so it was kind of a combination of because we were doing food, more food clients were drawn to us because they saw, oh, they built this website. We want a website like that. That's actually happened a couple of times where people are like, hey, we love this website that you built. Can you build one for us? And we're like, sure, no problem. And then a lot of times what happens is we'll either build a brand or build a website. And then because we have the skill set to do the marketing strategy, it's kind of like phases. They'll yeah. do, you know, their branding with us, then their website, and then go into evergreen marketing strategy. And a lot of our clients stay for a really long time because it's working. Yeah. And so then they also tell their friends who sure. are in the restaurant industry. So some of it just happened because we got introduced to the restaurant industry, loved it, yep. did a good job, and then it just kind of went from there. Got it. Um, franchise is related to food. It's yep. like its sister because so many franchisors are food-related. Yeah. So it was a natural step into. Sure. But then we started doing franchise work for other types of franchisors and loved it. And love the franchise family is awesome. That's I awesome. just went to IFA not that long ago, and the people are just so entrepreneurial, which I love. They're so much fun. And you know what? Life's too short. I work very hard. You know I love marketing. I love my business. But why not have a little fun while you're doing it? Yeah. So Always. the Always. franchise people are fun. The challenge is fun. There's so many different areas. We can market the franchisor yeah. to try to get more franchisees. We can market the local franchisees. That's where the uh, food marketing comes into place because it's more of a local play, trying right. to get more people to come eat at your restaurant or, yeah. or your QSR. Um, so it's the challenge is fun. Um, and it's just something that kind of has morphed since we started from the beginning till now. I think it's so great. And so um, I try to show you different sites for franchisees and stuff like that. And, you do. and I love reading all this stuff and forwarding it out there. And I'm just, I'm like, uh, I just sponge. I just love all this stuff. And Chick-fil-A is just killing it out there, you yes, know, in regards are. to what they're doing compared to the other ones and how like each one of them makes so much. And there's like the biggest one that makes, I think they make 16 million a year. <laughs> and I was out there like, that's unbelievable because all that work is really done. You just got to get the people and get things moving. And then obviously about the, uh, the real estate area as well. So yeah. fascinating. Well, one of their biggest points of differentiation is really their service, yeah. the way that they train their people. Yeah. So it's a great one, but it's yeah. an expensive one, yeah. obviously, because oh, yeah. <laughs> it does so well. It does so well. But I think part of what's nice about franchising as well is that it's part of the American dream. Yeah. There are people who, there's tons of stories like this where someone would start off like as you know a McDonald's worker and then work their way up to a manager and then keep working their way up until they own that yeah. franchise. And it's a beautiful thing where... People who want to be business owners, you know, can go in and oh yeah, make a success. It's 
It's awesome. It's like a back door way in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people do really, really well with it and yeah. you get really proud of it. And I think Chick-fil-A has it down. I think that customer service yeah. is probably not, it's good chicken too, by all means. <laughs> but that customer service does wonders. And, yeah. you know, they were talking about how like the service lines and all too. It's like, I saw the funniest post on Twitter. It said, now, if you could only share that secret success with a department of motor, motor vehicles. Yeah. And I started laughing. I'm like, that would be so great. Or like even emergency care when you go into the hospitals yes. and all. I'm like, could you just show them how you guys do it, you know, because it would work so much smoother and people out happier out yeah. there, but we have a long way to go. Um, and then obviously- Your next project, Yeah, Marcia. I know. I have enough projects at least. Don't get any ideas, sister. I have plenty going on. Um, and so I know you don't have time, but I know you love learning like I do. So I always like sharing things with you. Do you do, um, do you read books or do you audible? I read books. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite book right now? Um, but I also listen to podcasts in the car. Okay. So- um, like top three, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I do love, I love marketing podcasts, but I do love entrepreneurial podcasts as well because yeah. I feel like, you know, I wear both hats. Yeah. So you do. Um, so I just finished the EOS book, Traction. Yep, great book. Um, great book. And so I feel like for me, you know, my team's amazing and we concentrate on marketing so much, but there's times where I really want to figure out how to either be a better leader or be more efficient, yes. you know, so reading books like EOS and Traction is helpful for me to try to figure out what can I be doing better, you know, to serve oh, yeah. my team, my clients. Yeah. Um, so I do, I like, uh, I always go to one of my, one of my mentors, um, Dave McGrogan, who's a client and a mentor and all sorts of other things, um, is constantly posting about business books. So I either scroll his feed <laughs> Or I'll text him and say, all right, what's the next one? I see you, Dave, down the shore. I'll see him down the shore. Yeah. And I'm you should like... talk to him about business books. He's constant. He reads like a business book, I feel like, a week. Does he really? Yeah. So he's my go-to for what's oh, next on my list. They're like the best things right now. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm reading a book, too, about right now, about on the future, about all these great technological advances that it's going so fast. Like yeah. That's even like 10 years, it's going to be a whole different workforce. Yeah. And like, so companies like us, how are we transitioning our companies now to basically be, be a, a part of that and be a yeah. futuristic company? Because if we don't do that now, it's going to change. So it's For really sure. fascinating to it see is. all those different things. Absolutely. And I like to read articles from lots of different sources too. I yeah. think it's helpful. So, you know, I'll read like, um, SEM Rush, like the um, oh, yeah. SEM Journal, you know, everything. Yep. They, they've got some really good articles, yep. but then I'll read like the New York Times yep. and I'll read Entrepreneur Magazine and I'll read, you know, so I'm constantly trying to get as much information from lots of different sources yeah. to figure out, uh, you know, what makes the most sense for us. Sure. So the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. So um, I do think that's an important, and I think it's like important Extremely. to read everything but also to do your homework. Like mm -hmm. I try to tell, you know, before I meet with a client, I'm going to read everything possible about them because I want to know, you know, what makes them tick? Who are they? Yeah. What could we do better? What Maybe they're perfect, you know? So yeah. I'm a big proponent of, you know, I don't have to be the smartest person in the room, but I will work harder than yeah. anybody in the room right. to make sure I gather all sorts of information to give them the best possible marketing or branding. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say that too. What's the one piece of advice you'd give to entrepreneurs knowing now, knowing what you know now? The one piece of advice that I would say is have the why not me mentality. And what I mean by that is someone's going to do it. So why shouldn't it be you? And I think it's scary when you're thinking about being an entrepreneur because you're like, 
I remember when I did it and I was talking to you about it, Marsha, I was like, wait, I can't. I have a mortgage and I have a baby and how am I going to do this? And But then you start thinking, why not me? Other people have done it. Why can't I? And so I think it's really important to not hold yourself back and, you know, kind of take those, those, take the first step in that direction and constantly like talk yourself up of, you know, I can do this. Yeah. I'll give a quick story. When I was in college, this is going to age me nicely. Um, I really wanted to work for MTV or VH1. Do you remember VH1? Of course. Yeah. I'm glad you do. Yeah. Because half my team's like, what? Yeah. I'm like, anyways. Um, <laughs> And I remember talking to one of my brother's best friends, and I was saying, yeah, I'm going to get an internship at MTV or VH1. And he was like, yeah, right, Elise. And I remember, this was lots of years ago, and I figured out that one of my good friends, freshman year's cousin, worked at VH1. So I asked her, can you introduce me to your cousin? Even back then, I was like 20. She was like, sure, no problem. And I said to him, it is my goal to intern at VH1 or MTV. And he said, Okay, great. Talk to this person. And I did it. And I feel like it's taking that first step of figuring out, okay, how can I make this happen? And why shouldn't it be me? Right. And so that was a good lesson for me back then because I had that why not me mentality. I was like, why shouldn't I be able to intern at VH1? They don't pay you. <laughs> you know, and I want to get this experience. Mm -mm. And so it was just kind of figuring out the steps to get there and then not being afraid to do it. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing how, how you have to do that kind of mental, mental thinking and all, too. But, yeah. you know, the only person who says no is really you. Right. So you have Don't to keep that in mind. Don't hold yourself back. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy and all, it too. Is. Thank you, darling. And get mentors like Marsha so. because you were a huge reason why I started my business. You know that. I say that in every interview because it is so true. You said, I said, I think I want to start my own business. And you said, then do it. And I remember thinking, is she crazy? <laughs> And no. then we had a couple more conversations and you're like, I think you can do it. And so it's important to have those cheerleaders and mentors too. You got to rah-rah yourself, but you know. You do, but you always have the grit. You just need to see it and hear it yourself. That's all. So yeah. that's what I was there for. So love seeing Thanks. you so successful. You're doing Thank great. You. So proud of you. And, and you. if people want to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of Elise? Oh, so they can email me, Elise, E-L-Y-S-E, at Elysium, E-L-Y-S-I-U-M, mg.com so elise at elysiummg.com they can go on our website we have facebook we have tiktok linkedin google my business we've got all the platforms since we do marketing yeah i was gonna say i would sort of hope you do yeah so. you can google elysium marketing all of them too. Yeah. thank you darling for being on the show today thank you so much we love having you thanks for having me good luck to you you all too right.